I'm Rene Ritchie. The iPhone 12 is coming and hell's coming with it. And by hell, I mean hot takes, just so many hot takes and so hot. I'm gonna go through the hottest of the hottest ones and let you know what's real, what's imagined and what's somewhere in between. And I'm gonna do it right now. Sponsored by Brilliant. Okay, so the first hot take I'm gonna respond to is my own. Anyone who's been watching this channel for a while knows what I think about 5G, that it's mostly something that appeals to finance and marketing people right now and isn't really widely spread enough or differentiated enough to matter to consumers. At the same time I was talking about the latest 5G rumors for the iPhone, T-Mobile was announcing an expanded rollout of 5G. And this is at FR1, frequency range one, which are the low and mid bands, what some people call sub six, but might go all the way to sub nine eventually. And what's exciting about this is that it's on N41. So this is the form of 5G that actually a lot of people, including myself, are way more excited about because it's the kind of 5G that is easier to deploy and will get to more people in more places. But sort of the knock on it has been that it's not fast, like it's supposed to be only 20% faster than LTE, but the robustness of the network would let people who had been underserved by LTE, especially in suburbs and rural areas, finally get the benefits of LTE. But the thing with N41 is that you get the spectral efficiency, but it also has much wider channel bandwidth. And that means where like LTE was at 20 megahertz and maybe 150 to 200 megabits per second. With this, you're going to 100 megahertz and maybe all the way up to gigabit per second. And sure, that's likely if you're alone on a tower and sitting on the tower, but that's still a much, much higher potential than LTE ever was. And that doesn't fix the other problems, you know, uh, like people complaining that millimeter wave is still not good. Like you turn the corner and it disappears. And when I go indoors, I drop right back to 4G. You go behind a tree and it disappears, sometimes leaves, sometimes rain, and that it the modems required for it just make the phones bigger. And what we've seen with other vendors, just more expensive, like $100 more expensive. And I think that is all true. But I think what we're seeing from carriers like T-Mobile and hopefully others going forward is that more and more people will start to see benefits from the lower and mid-band version of 5G. And the other part of this hot take is that should you even worry about 5G now if you're in an area that doesn't have the service for it? And some people will tell you that you should, that you will mostly keep their phones for two to three to four years, and that in that time, you'll probably either get 5G or be pushed onto 5G by your carrier, and you're gonna wanna have a phone that supports it. While other people will say that these modems are still getting more and more mature and they're gonna be less hot, more power efficient as time goes on. So the next generation of 5G modems will be better and the next generation after that. And that's absolutely true. But I think the important thing with this generation of modems goes beyond 5G. Whether you're on LTE or 5G, Apple and Qualcomm are working together again. And that means anyone who did have problems with the Intel modems, anybody who was in a place that just didn't get good service or didn't get good reliability, from those modems are likely to get a much, much better experience with the Qualcomm modems, even if you're not on 5G. But let me know what you think in the comments below. All right, so the next hot take is all about 120 Hertz. There have been a lot of rumblings over the past month or so as to whether or not the iPhone 12 Pro models will indeed come with a 120 Hertz refresh rate on board. Not just whether Apple will actually include it, 
on the next iPhone or not, but whether they're doomed as doomed can be if they don't include it, that this year they'll just ship with 60 hertz as usual, even on the pro-end models, the iPhone 12 Pro and the iPhone 12 Pro Max. The jump from 60 to 90 feels a lot more significant than the jump from 90 to 120, but there definitely is a little bit of a difference, and it is nice to have that 120 hertz option. And then compared to the higher spec Android phones, that are almost all doing 90 hertz to 120 hertz, if not higher on gaming specific phones, it'll just be like specpocalypse that no one's gonna want it, certainly not enthusiasts. What people forget there is that the market is much broader than that and displays are multi-factor. It's sort of like we kept getting those thumbnails a couple of years ago, the not even 1080p in 2018 thumbnails for the iPhone 10R and the iPhone 11, when those displays were still LCD and not OLED, and they weren't at 1080p density, and people didn't care. People didn't care to the extent that those became the most popular selling phones year after year, because overall, when you took all of it together, those panels looked better than panels that had individual specs that might exceed them, sort of like the old megapixel uh, fallacy with cameras. But the fear is that other people won't. They'll just look at it and immediately disqualify it. But that higher-end market is composed of some people who are just on annual update plans and are going to be getting the new iPhone and the best iPhone regardless. And you also have people who aren't tech enthusiasts but they just always buy the best because they want to buy something that they consider to be top of the line because they're going to keep it for two, three, four years. And they figure that's the best way to extract lasting value from it. And then you have people who just, it's not about the money to them. They just want the best period. And whether they're on update programs or not, whether they buy every year or not, and some of them absolutely do buy every year, they just always want the best. And the specs are meaningless. They don't care. They don't even look at them. They just want the best iPhone. That's the best iPhone. And they're going to buy it. And overall, the experience of the panel that Apple Display has put together is going to be wonderful for them. They won't notice. So uh, yeah, absolutely. If there is no 120 hertz there, it'll be disappointing from just a technological tech enthusiast point of view. But I don't think that you can extrapolate any of that into how successful or not it'll be in the market. All right, so the hottest of hot takes is probably the iPhone 12 not coming with a charger or headphones at all in the box. And you have people reacting to this just like they're nickel and diming us. They're gonna charge us the same thing and give us less again. And on one hand, you have people saying, well, the overall price is gonna shoot up for Apple. You know, they're including much more expensive display technology with panels that can go to 120 Hertz, even if it's not enabled, and certainly 5G, uh, which we've seen most other vendors just ramp up prices on by, you know, like a hundred bucks, if not more, uh, including Samsung when they've announced their latest generation of phones. And that if Apple can reduce the costs, if they can get rid of the plug or get rid of the headphones, if they can make the boxes smaller, if they can save on shipping, it won't make up anywhere nearly $100 uh, per unit, but times iPhone scale, which is hundreds of thousands of units, all of those dollars add up. And the other argument is e-waste, that um, so many of us have so many of these plugs and so many of these headphones, and we just keep them in boxes, or worse, we throw them away. 
and that by not including them in the box, Apple will substantially reduce just the amount of e-waste that is being put out into the world. And I think the problem with a lot of those things is that certainly I have a box full of them, but I am someone who buys a new iPhone every year and most people don't. And also people who keep their iPhones for multiple years, those accessories get lost, they get damaged. Or if you trade in or sell or hand down your iPhone, your old iPhone, before you buy your new one, you quite often trade in or hand down or sell the accessories along with them. So you may not have any functional um, accessories at all. And the previous iPhone 11 still came with the rinky-dinky 5-watt charger. Only the iPhone 11 Pro came with the new 18-watt charger. But people, most people won't have the 18-watt charger. They'll still be on the 5-watt charger. Or maybe worse, they'll just get a whatever cheap charger they can get from the corner store that's nowhere nearly well as built, well tested. This for me, I mean, kind of sucks because I actually do love having the charger brick. But in reality, I hardly ever use that charger brick to charge my iPhone. I use it to charge pretty much everything else. So I think a lot of this will just come down to messaging, how Apple handles the messaging. And if they come out, they do something like, you can add it to your order if you really need it. And maybe it's free, maybe there's a small charge, maybe there's a voucher to redeem it later. You can get it if you need it. You don't have to get it if you don't. I think that's the way that they sell it to people. And that's the only way that they'll avoid getting dunked on for every bit as long as they've been dunked on for deleting the headphone jack up until now. And that's just what makes all of this so exciting. Once Apple announces the iPhone 12, that's it. That's all. It becomes a fixed point in time. But right now, everything is still in flux. The possibilities, at least at the detail level, they feel near infinite. And reckoning with infinity is like, well, something you need major math to deal with. And not to get all quantum realms or Doctor Strange T-trip on you, but you can start with Brilliant's new infinity course, where you go from basic counting and work your way up to the many, many types of infinity, culminating in the profundity of Cantor's theorem. You can explore the stunning beauty of fractals, where it's just turtles all the way down, and tessellations in hyperbolic space, where the infinitely large is bounded by a simple circle. Brilliant's a website and app with over 60 interactive courses in math, science and computer science, logic and deduction, physics, quantum mechanics, game theory, cryptocurrency, and so much more. It's based on problem solving and active learning. It's about seeing concepts visually and interacting with them and then answering questions that get you to think. Go to brilliant.org slash Renee Ritchie and sign up for free. Just click on the link in the description or go to brilliant.org slash Renee Ritchie and the first 200 of you can also level up with 20% off the annual premium subscription. And clicking on that link really helps out the channel. For a ton more on the iPhone 12 and just everything that's coming with it, click on this playlist right here. I'm gonna go through every new feature and what it all means. So click on that playlist and see you next video.